Oh, there. Okay. All right. I, I thought there was, I'm like sitting here showing you guys my butt. I thought there was going to be an intro video. Oh, that's funny. Oh. Uh, do we have any blues fans in the house? That's weird. You're feeling blue today because the Bruins won. And we won't talk about the Yankees. Uh, go Red Sox. <laughs> Have you guys ever, uh, <laughs> we got two, my mom's here. Uh, have you guys ever said something, uh, acted like you knew something, and deep down inside, if someone pushed you a little bit, you really didn't have a clue what you were talking about, fake it till you make it. I have used this phrase, litmus test, all my life. Like something would come up, hey, it's a good litmus test if you go and you do this. And I got to thinking this weekend, or this past week, like I don't actually know what a litmus test is, but I've said it tons and tons and tons. So I Googled it. Google brought me to Amazon and I Amazon primed a litmus test. This is what this is. And it actually measures uh, water, pH levels in water. Y'all are opening up your pools. You've probably been using this for a while. And so you should be able to take the more expensive, what is a smart water, and it better be awesome on the litmus test. And on a litmus test, to have a right, a good pH, you want to be around or seven or so would be the healthy, you're not going to die from acid type stuff. And so if that is the case, we do this. It better be right, right? Otherwise, smart water ain't going to share our sermon today. We are... We are right at 7.5, 7, about 7, 7, 7.5. So if you all want some smart water, that's good water to have. Now, this water up here, let's do the comparison. Okay. It's all quiet. Like, you guys are like, what, what is it going to be? This, this is my hands are shaking because I'm nervous. My, it's right about the same, about 7.5 instead of 7. So on the pH level, this water is good to drink. <laughs> Ava, you want to come take a sip of it? No, she knows where it came from. <laughs> came from the toilet. <laughs> I went before church, stuck my hand right in that good old poop water, <laughs> got me some toilet water. <laughs> Same pH level as your smart water. <laughs> You'd be smart to drink this and not poopy water. <laughs> Why is that important? Because this test doesn't quite show the right picture. It shows a picture. There's not, like, we are, our maintenance team, can we give it up for them that we got some clean old toilets? <laughs> there's, no, there's no acid in our toilets. That's good to go. But you can do the test, but even after doing the test, what do you need to do? You need to consider the source. If you want, if you want perpetually good water, you can go to the source of smart water, and you're going to get good water time and time again. You could look at this water. You could do some other tests. You can put it through some filters, and, uh, and over time, you might be, this might be able to be drinkable water, although if you ever find out that it came from a toilet, you still wouldn't drink it, even though it might pass every single test. You treat the source... And all of a sudden, you have a lifelong, uh, lifelong of drinking water there. So, so for us, God, it, Jesus is going to look, as we look at trailblazing, 
As we look at being a disciple of Christ, Jesus is going to use words today to say the ultimate litmus test. You want to know who a follower of Jesus Christ is? You want to know a full, uh, a foolproof, uh, a bulletproof way to, to say, hey, here's what a follower of Jesus should do? Well, you should just look at their fruit. What are they producing? That's the bulletproof test. The fruit in which the Christian produces. What comes out of our life. That says a lot about who we are. It is completely trailblazing to talk like this. Why? Because if you were to leave our doors, go out to the local coffee shop, and to say, I'm going, I want to peer into your soul. I want to look at your heart and judge your heart based off of what you do. Culture would say the heart is off limits. Don't look into my heart, my hidden secrets, my hidden sin, whatever is being produced out of me. No, I say I'm a good person, therefore I am a good person. Culture would say it is immoral to classify me as a bad person just on the basis of my fruit. But yet God speaks differently. Jesus says the reality of a person's life is what's coming out of them, what they are doing. So this is trailblazing, and if we are going to be Christians, if we are going to be distinct, our fruit must look different than the rest of the world. So here's what Jesus says in, in the Sermon on the Mount that we've been looking at in Luke. Here is the fruit issue. He says this, for no good tree bears what? Bad fruit. In the Greek, that, that would mean rotten, decaying. If you're listening to Jesus speak, you know that when he talks about trees and it's saying a bad fruit, it's decaying, it's rotten, it's good for nothing. No one would eat that fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked up from, bramble, from a bramble bush. The whole tree, the reputation of the entire tree, a fruit tree, rests on what? The fruit. If a tree produces a whole bunch of bad, rotten fruit, then what would we consider that tree? Bad. If the tree produces luscious bananas or luscious apples, or if it's all good, you could go to the tree and you could pick the apple and eat it right then and there. You could pick anyone off the tree. What would you consider that tree? Good. Jesus is using that sort of terminology. If someone proves musical excellence time and time and time again, what would you consider that person? A musician. Now, I'm up here, I'm singing, I'm dancing. I'll be lucky if I hit two or three good notes on during a worship service. I might get lucky and hit a good note. But I can guarantee you, everybody in this section ain't looking at me saying, there's a musician, there's a good singer. They're looking at the people on the stage, nailing every single note, hitting every single beat, whatever it might be. They're looking at them week after week and saying, man, you've got a worship team full of good musicians. Because time and time again, they're nailing it. What we do, the lives that we live, what we produce testifies to who we are. And that is is trailblazing for the Christian. We must look different. If we're not trailblazing, odds are we ain't producing. 
The Christian profession of, I believe in Jesus Christ, must be then validated by what? Christian living. You might have started as a rotten tree, but you said yes to Jesus, and over time, one by one, fruit starts to look a little bit different. Things look to look a little bit riper. Things look a little bit more delicious. That's what should be happening when the Christian says yes to Jesus. Why? Because now consider the source. A grape tree or, or a, let's see, a banana tree, if it's a banana, do banana, I don't even know if bananas grow on a tree, but if bananas were to grow on a tree, it's never going to produce an apple because of the source. You and I are Christians. And so what is then the source of our fruit? Well, in Galatians, we studied this a handful of months ago, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no such no law. Why? Because when we say yes to Jesus, guess who lives inside of us? The Spirit of God. So what should we be producing? No, we're not producing bananas. No, we're not producing apples. Yes, this is all an imagery. What should we be producing? All of these things. This is what should be flowing out of every single Christian. If you want to be trailblazing, the Spirit of God lives inside you, and now what's coming out? It should be these things. You guys remember, uh, if you're older like I am now, and uh, the, this old movie, I think it was on Netflix for a little bit, but it also came out, it was called Supersize Me, uh, and it was this, this movie where this guy of, of decent health, he, I think he started at about 185, and uh, he, for a month, was going to keep up his same fitness level, uh, but he was going to change his diet. He was just, in, what he was going to change in his diet was every, he was going to eat McDonald's for an entire month, and if they asked, do you want me to supersize that, he then had to say yes. And then he ate all said food. And so he did that for a month. Can you go? I Googled this this week, and here's the results of Supersize Me. After five days, the dude gained about 9.5 pounds. That's in, in five, five days, he gained about two pounds a day, keeping up his same fitness level, just changing the intake. And then he noticed it's not long before he finds himself experiencing depression claims that his bouts of depression, lethargy, lethargy, whatever that word is, headaches could only be relieved when eating McDonald's. What's healthy about that? If I get to the point where I'm feeling depressed and the only thing that solves my, my being lethargic and all depressed is to go to McDonald's and get a supersized fry, there's something wrong with that picture, is it not? But what would we expect? Well, wouldn't we expect something like that if you change your diet to be that? What would we expect from the guy that goes to AC, spends all of his money on gambling? Well, we'd expect that person not to be worth millions, but probably to be broke. What would we expect if, I, if someone came up here and said, I'm a CrossFit athlete, I compete in the games, we would expect that person to be in great shape. We would expect the lung doctor not to be a smoker. There's certain things that we would expect with certain claims. We expect Blues fans right now to be a little blue because the Bruins won last night. We'd expect the Christian to be what? What would you expect? And isn't that sometimes the claims of what's coming out from the community? I expected Christians to be one way, and this is how I was treated? 
This is what was shown to me. And so, yes, you and I must look at this life, our lives, and we must ask, ask ourselves, does, does the fruit in which I'm producing line up? Now, Jesus is not saying that, that, hey, you know what? If you have one bad fruit, the whole tree is garbage. No, one bad fruit on a, whole, on a crop, on a whole tree that's decent is still a good thing. It's, we still go to Jesus for forgiveness. But, but what we have to look at is, is it, is it an isolated thing or is the whole tree bad? Is it an isolated thing or is the whole crop bad? Is it one tree amongst hundreds of trees? And so we look at our lives and we ask ourselves, what am I producing? You should hear that. The people that you're following, you should, you should hear a little bit of self-criticism from time to time. Not that they're all like depressing, not that they hate themselves or loathing at, like, no, but you should hear a little self-criticism. Why? Because they're examining their lives and saying, I have fruit that can get better. I have things that can get better as I strive after Jesus. This is a cause for reflection for all of us. Because too many of us are looking at other trees saying, that fruit sucks, that fruit sucks, that fruit sucks. Or our tree has a whole lot of garbage. <laughs> and so here, this is where Jesus goes. He goes to the root issue. He says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart. A good person out of the good treasure of his heart. That's what changes for the Christian. What does Romans says? If you believe in your what your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. We made a confession, and what changed for the Christian? The heart. Everything changes, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. And, and for out of abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus is now looking at actions and what we say, what we communicate to develop what fruit is for the Christian. He, he's, he's using this to, like, a good person from a good heart produces good things. An evil person from an evil heart produces evil things. So what does our actions, what do our words reveal about the person on the inside? It's again a time to examine. It's again a time to say Jesus is looking at the, the, the big picture. Some of you walked in here and you cursed out your kid on the way in because they took that, that donut that you bought them and they got their nice little cute dress all messy. What were you thinking giving them a frosty donut on the way into church? But you got mad at them. It might be an isolated thing, but if that happens Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, trip to school after trip to school after trip to school, you might have questions to start asking. This is no longer isolated. This is flowing out of me. This is who I am, and now I must ask myself not so much about the fruit, but the root of my life because this becomes a heart issue. But we go on the flip side. Some of us walked in here saying, oh, no, we're, don't, don't judge me. I got this, this fruit here. This is when I gave 50 bucks to that charity back about five years ago. I got some good fruit. Or, or yeah, I know I post a whole lot of garbage on Instagram, but yesterday I posted this, this nice little, I posted a picture of my brother doing something cute, and, but don't care about the 4,000 things I posted about my brother that he's absolute garbage. I posted that one nice thing. We we hang on to one or two good fruits to say, I'm an overall good person. This is looking at the whole career. This is looking at the whole root and saying, 
what is at the root. Now, Ava and I went to visit some friends a handful of years ago, and this person lived on a farm and had a whole bunch of fruit trees. And, and me and, and a buddy of mine were there, and we were looking at these fruit trees. We were talking to the guy that owned the whole farm, and we noticed around the trees, everything was dead. And we asked the person about it, and he's like, yeah, the bugs come in, and they start getting into the grass, and then when they get into the grass, it, it, they start to then kill my trees and my fruit. And so I go, and, and I, put, I go down this whole line of fruit trees, and I start putting bleach down, and I kill all the grass around all, all of the trees so that the bugs don't then kill my trees. And I sat, and I was like, yeah, that's, I don't I don't grow things. I even tries to be a gardener. We're not gardeners. I'm like, this ain't me. And, and then I, and I'm sitting next to somebody who's a landscaper, somebody who I trust, his opinion. I've seen his work. I've seen the things that he's grown before. And as soon as this person left, he's like, I would never eat a single piece of fruit from that tree. It might look delicious, but when the roots are suspect, the fruit becomes suspect. And so what is at the root of our lives? It might be evil with us producing a few good things from time to time. And it might be good with us doing a few bad things from time to time. But as we look at our lives, what are we producing? Here's, 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 here's one of the litmus tests. Test, tests? How do you say it in the plural? I don't know. Here's a litmus test. Who are you hanging out with? You said, you said yes to Jesus, and I'm not producing any good fruit. Perhaps it's because who have you been rolling with? I said yes to Jesus, and I'm rolling with the same homies and now expecting a different result. No, you walk with the wise and become wise. We say yes to Jesus. We still want to reach the community with love, but our friendships should change. I should have friendships in my life where I have Wheels Langworthy. Wheels Langworthy is not afraid to say, something hard to me. Uh, he is a good friend of mine because he's going to look at my life and say, Jason, I understand the overall tree is good, but you have this fruit right here. That's garbage, and that needs to change. That's a valued friend who's looking after me to say, Jason, we get better together. Who are the friends in your life, and what do they say about you? If, you, if you're looking at the fruit of your life, you're saying, yo, I, I love Jesus, but financially, I'm a mess. Are you hanging out with people that are financially a mess? Start hanging out with people that invest wisely, that do good things with their money, and maybe that will happen to you. If you're like, I said yes to Jesus, and I'm still kind of a jerk, are you hanging out with jerks? <laughs> Start hanging out with people that are a little less jerky. <laughs> if you said yes to Jesus coming out of drugs and that battle, perhaps your drug dealer should stop being your best friend. It's time to change maybe who we hang out with. When I was growing up, I had MySpace, my top eight. Then we got the Fab Five on the phones, like who we could call at certain times because that was important back in the day. Then we, then we had the squad. Then we had our tribe. I don't care how you define your circle of friends. They need to be defined by Jesus Christ, and that will impact our lives. Here's our big thought for the morning. If we address the heart, we address reality. You want to change your reality. You want to change what is being produced. Then it is time to address the heart. We can, we can doctor, doctor up. We can manipulate some fruit. We can, we, can do, we can make our fruit look pretty.
pretty for a moment, but over the course of our lives, if we want to address the overall shape of our tree, we have to address the heart of the issue. Now, I have two scales. Ava, can you hand them for, to me? I have two scales. Weight has always been a battle for me. And, uh, and so I, I have two scales because one is my skinny scale and one is my fat scale. Uh, the fat scale is accurate. <laughs> the fat scale, if I put a 25-pound dumbbell on the fat scale, it weighs 25 pounds. That scale's annoying. <laughs> and so, so when I've eaten a little too much steak or a barbecue or whatnot, I know the next morning I'm going to step on the scale. I ain't going to like what it says. And so I just go over here to my skinny scale. And I love what it says. There's about an eight pound difference between these two scales. It is, it is glorious. <laughs> but when I'm feeling heavy, when, 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 I, when I've had a good day, I ate salads yesterday. Well, I'm going to go to the skinny scale. <laughs> I'm going to like what that scale says. And I'm going to brag all about it. <laughs> but what changes between the scales? It's not reality, is it? Or is it? <laughs> Do I change my reality simply by going from scale to scale? No, my weight is my weight. Reality stays the same. All that changes from scale to scale is my delusional thinking that I am okay, that I shouldn't make some changes. You and I, we need to address reality. Stop saying, hey, I'm a great person. Well, then, and then follow that up with, well, I, I steal, I do this, my drug, like, th like, follow that up with reality. If you want to deal with reality, then we, then we address the heart. So here's our litmus test as a Christian. Here's what Jesus says through, through John in, in 1 John. He says, whoever abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked. So we look at the life of Jesus, and we then judge our, how we are doing, and we all have room to grow. And so where I then take that is that, go to the next slide. We put the fruit of the Spirit uh, up here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We funnel everything through that. Well, then here are some areas in which we should funnel through the litmus test of the fruit of the Spirit as we walk like Jesus. Well, my finances, I love Amazon Prime. I lack self-control. I say I'm loving. Well, when I look at my bank account, everything I'm spending my money on says I don't love Jesus. <laughs> what is it? When I, when I put my calendar, when I open up the calendar app, well, well, the app says I'm spending all this time at the bars. The app says I'm spending all this time at XYZ. The app would show, man, I'm doing dirty to so many people. Kindness, goodness, being faithful to the right things. That, that fails that test. My emotions, my kids, I was mad at my kids this morning. And, and well, I, I lacked kindness. My, my emotions, my erupting in anger, oh, I lacked patience. My emotions in my home lack, lack a sense of peace. You guys have these notebooks right now. Maybe you should be writing down some things that, that are, uh, I'm triggering you. It's not me. It's the Spirit of God. <laughs> Maybe it's the relationships. I'm hanging out with people that stink at all of these areas. Or, or I'm in a relationship with, with a girl, <laughs> And she wants to do the dirty, dirty. I lack some self-control. Or I'm in a committed relationship and I'm lacking faithfulness. Or maybe, maybe at work, maybe at work people think I'm all these things. 
But in reality, I'm not. Or maybe in my lack of work, I'm not proving to be faithful. Maybe in my lack of work where I'm not really trying to get a job. I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to make a difference. Or the job that I have, I know I could do better. What, how would you funnel that through there? And then what about your overall mental and physical health? How would you funnel that through there? And what would it say? Are my thoughts loving, joyful, peaceful? Is, is, am, I, am I proving faithfulness in my physical health, goodness, kindness? Am I proving self-control in my physical health? And so we've identified a few things now. Here's a prescription for us. Let me, let me offer four suggestions as a prescription. You can write these down in your cute little notebook. They are fruit on the front of your little notebook. You're welcome. It was expensive. Okay, here are four prescriptions. Rest. You might be saying, Jason, I have a lot of good, but my heart isn't really in it anymore. Well, before that becomes a root issue, maybe it's time to start resting. Maybe it's time to say, I'm going to stop working for a day and trust my God. I'm going to take Sabbath rest to reconnect my heart to God. The second prescription that some of us need to take is gratitude. There was a time where I was producing good things, but God and I, we were kind of at odds, and a friend of mine gave me the advice. Stop praying for things in the morning when you walk and just pray to God prayers of gratitude. And you know what changed for me in that moment? After that week, I started worshiping God again. I was in awe of God again. Maybe that's a person scripture some of you need to take. And maybe you identified some areas, some very specific areas with maybe sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it might be. Who cares? Whatever it is, whatever you identified. Maybe the third thing that you need to do is memorize some scripture. Maybe Job will come to mind where I'll put no vile, vile thing before my eyes for the one with a porn addiction. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's verses on self-control. Maybe there's verses on, on, on being, being generous with your money. Maybe there's things that, man, man, when I'm tempted to go and do the dirty, God will bring this verse to mind because I have trusted your word in my heart that I might not, what, sin against you. And maybe the fourth prescription that some of us need to do right now is company. Before you leave this room, you got some numbers in your phone to delete, to block. Who are we hanging out with and how are they speaking into our lives? Accountability starts with us. I can give you all the counsel. I can give you all the words. All the Bible can say whatever you want, all, whatever you want. But until you start making the changes, the account accountability is a waste until you take ownership of it. So here's my challenge to you right now. Fulfill this prescription. Fulfill it. Leave this room saying, I wrote down something. Now fulfill that prescription. Leave here saying, I'm going to rest. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to memorize some scripture. I'm going to work on the company that I surround myself with. Now, again, now you could do all these things. Here, you could do all these things. But guess what? None of this changes the root issue. Now this just deals with symptoms. Now this is like the person that has a paper cut and, and, and has cancer ravishing their body and worrying about the paper cut. No, don't worry about the paper cut. Worry about the cancer. You have to deal with the bigger thing at this moment. So for us that call Jesus Lord and Savior, these prescriptions are great to do and to move forward with. But if we've never given our lives to Jesus, if cancer is still ravishing our body, we have a bigger issue to deal with. To change the root, Paul says this. 
Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new. He is a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. When we say yes, when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, all of the sin, all the bad fruit that Jesus died for, we say yes to that. And what happens? The root changes. I'm a brand new person in Christ and it is glorious and one by one the fruit starts to change our value our value of an all-inclusive gospel message applies to everyone we're not going to nitpick sins because sin is true of everyone every single person in this room has some sort of some bad fruit every single person in this room needs Jesus and so I invite you now, if you've identified a few things, don't leave here hopeless. Leave here with the hope that all things are new in Christ Jesus. Today is your day to say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship. I'll host, or Jordan, whomever, if you guys can help clear the stage a little bit, watch out for the poopy water. Uh, let me pray. And for some of you, this is, this is your moment to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that what? Jesus is Lord. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you, Father, that I can examine my life and see some bad fruit. And you don't throw away the whole tree. But you died for me. You died knowing that there was bad fruit. Jesus, as I look at my life in this moment, your gospel still gives me hope. Thank you. And there are, Father, I know there are people in this room that have never dealt with the root, Father. They're still playing before their, with their, their Finsta account or their Insta account. They're trying to walk so many different ways in this world. But, Father, you see the real account. And they need to come clean with you now. They need to leave here with hope now. Holy Spirit, would you tug on their heart now. Would they say yes to you by simply confessing with their mouths? If that is you, you pray something along these lines. Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I do examine my life and realize there is some bad things up inside of me. And why you would die for somebody with rotten, decaying fruit like myself, I do not know. But I trust you did. And I'm thankful that you did. And today, Jesus, I accept that you died for my sin. And today, Jesus, with you having died for me, dying for all that rotten fruit, I choose one by one to tackle each day one more good fruit, one more good fruit, Father. Make me into the image of your Son like Jesus Christ. Jesus, I love you and I thank you. I accept you today in your powerful name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.